you are tuned to Get Out Those Old Records, a Spotify podcast, episode 28. I'm Sewell Time, and I'm joined by Funny Bone. Funny Bone, can you hear me? I hear you, Soul Time. Well, all right. It's great to be back in the air chair. Live streaming. Good times while they last. Um, what do we got going on tonight? Well, tonight our featured artist is Mort Garson. And we're going to finish the night with four tracks from Mort himself. But leading up to that, we're going to hear from Ruby and the Romantics, Joe Brown and the Brothers, Brenda Lee, The Sugar Shop, Cliff Richard and the Shadows, The Shadows themselves, Doris Day and Glenn Campbell. Soul time, I'm excited. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, I put in the descriptions out on the social medias uh, the all-music quote, which I think is apropos. Mort Garson says, Mort Garson boasts one of the most unique and outright bizarre resumes in popular music, spanning from easy listening to occult-influenced space-age electronic pop. So join us for a dive into some Moog-infested waters. You know, uh, Bob Moog um, came out with that invention all those years ago. And I think we could safely say that Mort Garson was certainly one of the promoters and pioneers of use of that instrument in his music. Um, but that is just scratching the surface. Um, our first two sets will include some of his earlier work as a mainstream arranger and composer of hits <laughs> and whatnot. So um, if you're listening to us live, welcome. Show us some love in the chat. And uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, thank you so much for joining us here in the aftermath of the recorded technology. So, Funny Bone, I think we're going to kick it off with that Ruby and the Romantics tune. It's from a 1963 single. We've found the mono version on Spotify. Of course, you can find the stereo version as well. This is Ruby and the Romantics with Our Day Will Come. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a little skip along Sam there by the Sugar Shop. Funny Bone, can you tell me a little more about that single? Yeah, so that was... Actually, uh, that was off an album, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, that was a uh, sort of uh, one of those one-off bubblegum psychedelic pop groups from the late 60s. Um, and the name of the band was The Sugar Shop, but really uh, they were the just the vocals. 
Uh, they're backed by the Wrecking Crew there. Oh, uh, sure. Sounded like Carol Kay on bass to me. How <laughs> yeah. on drums. Oh, yeah. um, and, uh, of course, they're included because the string and brass and uh, I'm sure maybe the flute were all arranged by who other? Mort Garson. Uh, it's yeah. a Donovan track uh, written by Donovan. Before that, yeah. we heard... I've heard uh, the Donovan version of that, actually. Yeah. yeah, not a not a bad cover, not bad. No, at all. not at all. Uh, nice, uh, nice before fun. that, we heard "Dynamite" by a twelve-year-old Brenda Lee, and that was co-written by Mort Carson with Tom Glazer. Uh, yeah. Prior to that, we heard from Joe Brown and the Brothers. It only took a minute. A nineteen sixty-two single for I love this Piccadilly Records. <laughs> a subsidiary of Pi. Okay. Uh, co-written, uh, again, uh, he liked to write with others, co-written by Garson with the legendary Hal David. They got in the same room somehow. Um, and that song reached number six in the United Kingdom and number eight in Ireland. And, of course, the first song from our set, Ruby and the Romantics, Our Day Will Come a bonafide classic. True. And um, that that Our Day Will Come was also co-written by uh, Mort Garson and Bob Hilliard. And it's my understanding that um, Bob Hilliard wrote the lyrics. So I think a lot of these collaborations where Mort Garson was the composer of the music... And he worked with a lyricist to put lyrics to it. Sort of like how, how, how Brian Wilson worked back in the day. Like a lot of great co-writing partnerships. Sure. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of that we you can find uh, and discover on Spotify and elsewhere. Uh, but now it's time for the Get Out Those Old Records beer share of Funny Bone. Uh-huh. Do you have one tonight? It's old time. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. It's in my notes here. We're just ad-libbing. We, we don't have notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a beer called Thresher. Hmm. Uh, it's a bohemia-style pilsner from Brow Brothers Brewing Company out of Marshall, Minnesota. Ooh, I heard that. Oh. Let's uh, give it the old pour. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Thresher. Delicious. Is Delicious. It? Soul time. What do you have? Well, I'm going traditional this evening. Uh, I have a Samuel Adams Alpine Lager in a bottle. It came in one of those, you know, sampler 12 packs where you get like, oh, I don't know, four, four times three is 12. So you get maybe three different beers. Um, and it's brisk and smooth is what it promises. Um, 
Let's see, the label here reads, Hazy and Golden, the unfiltered lager is a breath of fresh air. The crisp maltiness and lively citrus notes transport you to brisk, sunny days out in the mountains. Let's see what's going on. Oh. I hope it tastes as good as it sounds. Well, it's got a nice bouquet, I can tell you that. Yeah, and I was going to say another note. Uh, I believe some of those packs are uh, three by four as well. Is it three by four? I don't know. Some of them. Some of them. Uh, yeah. They're a great deal. Three by four. Yeah, good deal. And, oh, wow. This is got that multi finish, They as promised. Hmm. Uh, um, maybe not the bitter I was hoping for, but it is a lager, and so uh, it is very mellow and enjoyable to the hilt. Funny well, Bone, we've got a poll going on here uh, in the chat, and uh, the question is, which of the following makes the best synthesizer? ARP, Moog, Korg, or Roland. So you've got Ooh. four choices. You can only choose one. And um, for those of you listening on Spotify, I believe we can put these polls in Spotify too. Uh, so I'll go ahead and, and uh, go ahead and put your vote in if you're listening on Spotify as well. We, we will uh, add to the data pool uh, and get to the bottom of this. Um. If so you let's, can't put your vote in Spotify, feel free to email your vote. Yeah, at G-O-T-O-R podcast at gmail.com. G-O-T-O-R podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that, that'll work. We'll get it. All right, I think we're ready to move into our set two here of our episode 28, Mort Garson special. Uh, this next tune is a little uh, off the beaten path, so to speak. We're going to start with a Cliff Richards and the Shadows track. And it is entitled Schön wie ein Traum, which is German for beautiful as a dream. It's the German version recorded by... Cliff Richards in the Shadows in 1961 of a song entitled Theme for a Dream, co-written by Mort Garson and Earl Schumann. Now, I'm not sure who the writer of the German lyrics might be, uh, but this is Cliff Richards and the Shadows with Schön wie ein Traum. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. Thank <laughs> you. 
More than one. Yes, we are having more than one tonight. More than one song, at least. Here at the Get Out Those Old Records studio, Funny Bone, what we just hear before the beautiful uh, Schaefer commercial. It was beautiful. We heard uh, Bad Seed by Glenn Campbell. That was off his 1967 By the Time I Get to Phoenix. And uh, that's Mort Garson on the string arrangement there. Yeah. Prior to that, uh, we had another string arranged Mort Garson song, Fly Me to the Moon, in other words. Uh, that version was recorded by Doris Day off of her Latin for Lovers LP from 1964. Uh, then we went back to back Shadows tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the first being the Schoen by Ein Traum, surely butchering that. Uh, <laughs> and that featured Cliff Richard as a single from 1961. And after that, the instrumental Cozy off the 1962 out of the shadows that one didn't have cliff richard on it but it was a number one album in the uk uh both those tracks were co-written by mort with earl schumann yeah and listening to that cozy and just the string arrangements and those other songs i'm i guess i'm trying to find a musical identity for mort garson and it's just not there for me I don't, every piece, melodically and otherwise, just sounds like it, it, each one was composed individually by separate composers. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. like a signature. I think I'm starting, as I listen to more of the Moog records uh, that we're going to get into in the third set, as I listen to more of those, I'm starting to hear maybe a few things but they're not like really hooks that he likes to lean into or anything like that it's more of just kind of a sensibility or something or just the way things are being approached but they're so separate and different you know well Um, and he seems to have a knack for sort of uh you know molding to the style you know it seemed like for a while there uh he was a staff writer or at least they turned to him often at Pie Records. Um, and, you know, he could just be one of those musicians that knows how to enter a, a mindset where he's writing for that specific style of music. True. Um, and there's a lot of people who can do that, but they don't often, they're often unable to branch out and do their own thing to a degree that I think he was able to accomplish. I don't know. Anyway. Well, yeah, I think, I think in his case, he was probably struck with, uh, you know, a particular brand of inspiration when he came across the Moog synthesizer. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's clear. Right. And so, you know, perhaps, you know, he never he never encounters the instrument and, you know, his career is sort of just this, you know, arranging, writing for, you know, an eclectic group of artists. Right. Um, but there there is something, uh, <laughs> for lack of better term, maybe spiritual that yeah. uh, sort of flicked on when he uh, started working with that instrument. Definitely not your typical 
music business cat, I should say, or music industry cat. Just def- definitely stands out as uh, very different. <laughs> um, we'd like to take this moment to pause for a station ID. You're listening to WGTR, Get Out Those Old Records Podcast, Spelunking Spotify for musical gems since 2020. Beautiful. And uh, just a reminder, um, we are going to launch into set three here featuring Mort Garson's Moog catalog. Um, And while we're doing that, the polls will be open, but they will soon close after the third set. So make sure you get your votes in for that. Full time. We've got thousands of votes and it is going to be an unexpected result. Yeah, I think there's. Well, it's looking like a tie right now, but we'll see. We still have another set to do. And we're going to open up this set with Mort Garson, of course, uh, a little later now. We're fast-forwarding a little bit to 1970. And, uh, well, this is off of the a soundtrack record uh, for the movie Didn't You Hear? Question mark. And the name of the track is Walk to Grange Hall. And... Uh, Des, uh, to describe this uh, record, uh, I found a good synopsis from Sacred Bones Records. Sacred Bones is reissued uh, Mother Earth's Plantasia, which we have a track off of, as well as music from Patch Chord Productions and a few other, some of the occult stuff that uh, Mort did as well. And this is from their website. Six years before the release of his landmark Mother Earth's Plantasia LP, composer and arranger Mort Garson met experimental film director Skip Sherwood, who was interested in an electronic score for his new movie, Didn't You Hear? While not much is known about the exact nature of their collaboration, we have Garson's magnificent score as a record of those heady early days after his life-changing discovery of the Moog synthesizer. Notable for being one of the earliest screen appearances by a young Gary Busey, Didn't You Hear also boasts one of the first-ever all-electronic movie scores. Though the score was first released in 1970, it sounds as adventurous and futuristic today as it must have been then. Here's Mort Garson's epic composition, Walk to Grange Hall. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. This is My Beloved by Mort Garson off of the collection Music from Patch Chord Productions. Um, previously unreleased, it's a collection of pre- previously unreleased tracks from spanning his, his Moog years. 
I guess. What did we hear before that, Funny Bone? Uh, before that, we heard another song from the same collection, Space Walker. Prior to that, we heard You Don't Have to Walk a Begonia off of his, uh, arguably his magnum opus, Mother Earth's Plantasia, 1976. And uh, Walk to Grange Hall mm-hmm. uh, from the soundtrack to Didn't You Hear? 1970. Yeah. That Plantasia is really good. Um, definitely. That's that's kind of where I started with uh, Mother Earth's Plantasia. I can't even remember what got me started on Mort Garson. Oh, I think I, know, I remember. It was um, something I had heard on Luxuria Music, which is a, a internet based radio station and it was something by the Mort Garson Orchestra and so I looked that up and there is a track of the Mort Garson and it's just an instrumental sort of space age pop uh, instrumental and that's and then that led me to Plantasia and uh, digging deeper from there finding out just what an amazing career this guy had uh, doing all this music. Uh, it's funny we both chose something off of that collection of rare, unreleased things called Music from Patchcord Productions, which, again, is available on Sacred Bones Records. They reissued Plantasia on vinyl, and that did a lot to sort of kickstart the latest Mark Garson craze. There's some really strange stuff that's not on Spotify that I, I went down a rabbit hole with. Um, the Wazard of Is music that he did is definitely way out there, even further out, I think, than the sort of... A, he put out two occult records... Right there's the, um, oh gosh, I I'm forgetting the name of them. I don't know if you was it Black Mass that he yeah, did. Yeah, that was that's one of them. I came across. Uh, I did come across Black Mass. I was also listening to one uh, that he did called, uh, uh, or he was with a group called the Zodiac. Oh, yes, that's right. That, oh, my gosh. I Cosmic Sound. forgot about that. I'm surprised we didn't Which put one of those on. I wish we had more. That's just late 60s in a bottle. Yeah, we, we just scratched the surface. That is just amazing. Yeah, and that's got sort of spoken word over it, too. Did you listen to any of those? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, supposedly, it was, the, it was a big inspiration for uh, the Moody Blues. Right. And you can no way! You read that? With... You found that? Yeah, oh my you know, gosh! You know the spoken word poetry and oh. uh, nights in white satin. Oh, that makes so much sense. I forget what year that was. Like 1967, I believe. Right, right here it is. The Zodiac Cosmic Sounds. It was on Electra Records, and he was definitely part of that while well, he composed it. He was basically the composer, and that might have been his first, his introduction to the Moog, I think. 
Oh, that's the uh, was that the record. Doors record label? Yep. Yeah. Electra. Sure. Yeah, the Doors were on Electra. Um. Yeah, <laughs> you know, each tra- there's twelve tracks. Each one is a sign of the zodiac. I definitely seek that one out. It's kind of dated, but it's so much fun to listen to. And what was I think the? He went under the pseudonym Lucifer for those other records. One of them's oh, yeah, uh, we had called Black, Black Mass. Mass. And, there was a, and uh, what was the other like one? Ataraxia or something? Yes, that's it. That's the one. I listened to that a few times. It's kind of frightening at times. It's kind of tapping into some, like you were talking about the spiritual thing earlier. He definitely gets into some strange territory that's just way, way out there, you know? And like I said in chat, I'm having a hard time reconciling um, the the stuff he co-wrote earlier with those hits. You know, Our Day Will Come and uh, arranging Doris Day's strings and, and the orchestra there and the work he did with Cliff, the Cliff Richard track. It's just, it's such a strange, it's almost like we're featuring 10 different artists tonight, right? <laughs> Do you get that? <laughs> Do you yeah. get that impression? It's just, yeah. this is all one guy, all this music here. And it's just been, it's so weird. <laughs> um, But you know that, some of that more melodic Moog stuff, the less experimental stuff uh to me that's just like uh that's bliss it was pure bliss those the last four tracks for me yeah and and the other thing i i typed in the chat i said just a man who loves his moog and uh you know as far as all that other stuff is considered i mean he just loved exploring the instrument uh it definitely triggered something uh, in him. And, you know, he might have, you know, this is pure speculation, but from the, you know, previous pop stuff, and, you know, he was a writer on, on a lot of those tracks, he might have had just enough, you know, passive income where he could be comfortable. Oh, absolutely. Right. Just experiment, you know, do what he loved, and he was clearly passionate with the, the Moog. Yeah. God, it created some some beautiful work there. Um, the other thing is, uh, I also, we were talking about this in the chat too, um, what an inspiration it seems to uh, the 90s Japanese video game soundtrack. And mm-hmm. it just, you have to imagine that his records were passed around in that circle with those composers. It's just too uh, too tangible to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, he did uh, lots of soundtrack work. Uh, evidently, he composed music that was played uh, over the air during the lunar landing in 1969. They wanted some space-age music, and he was commissioned for that. Uh, he also did jingles. He did short little Moog spots for commercials as well, which comprises a lot of that um, record that we featured the, the music um, music from Patchcord Productions. 
is a lot of those jingles are on that as well. Uh, whether they were used or not, nobody knows, right? Yeah. Um, and he talks about a one-note jingle that he did, and he was like being paid really big money for it, and it was just one note. Um, that's that's really good. Uh, there is a short documentary out on YouTube for anybody who's interested. Go check it out. Just uh, do a search, and it comes up. It's like nine or ten minutes long. Uh, it's a, an excerpt from a larger work, I think. Um, yeah. Good stuff, but it's time. You know what it's time for, Funny Bone? What time is this whole time? It is time. <laughs> it is time to end the poll. And so we're ending the poll, and we're going to see the results. Uh, it takes a little bit for the computer to tabulate the results. Um, but the results are now in. Yes. Which of the following makes the best synthesizer? Moog, Korg, Arp, Roland. And we have a tie tonight. Uh, 50% of the listeners said Moog. And the other 50% said Korg. 0% for Arp, 0% for Roland. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. You know, Those are th- good products. I thought we would have gotten at least 1% for ARP because we he- here at the uh, Get Out Those Old Records podcast are big ARP fans. We get excited every time there's an ARP track going on, you know? And we get a lot of noise in the chat about ARP. We do. Yeah, it's a fan favorite. So these results are surprising, to say well, the rubber least. Rubber met the road. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right okay so i think uh i think that's it that's all we have time for although i could uh, definitely stay up all night listening to mort garson with headphones on there's no problem there um but in terms of our format it is time to say goodbye if you've enjoyed this show please like subscribe follow turn on the notifications do all those things where you can join us live every other saturday night Generally speaking, at 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, you can listen to the archived podcasts on Spotify. So be sure to add us over there. Follow whatever it is. Finally, you can just get if you can't get enough of that, you can follow us on Facebook. We usually announce our live broadcasts on Facebook and Twitter at least five minutes before we go on the air. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, Instagram, you can just. Uh, Basically, we just upload our sort of podcast art up there. Uh, Links are all in the description. Funny Bone, do you have any last words for our listeners this evening on episode 28? Mort Garson? Get them out, folks.